Hello, everybody. Welcome to Travel Tales. This is Mike Siegel with the 50th Travel Tales podcast. Yes, our golden anniversary. It's been a, it's been a fun ride, and I want to thank all of you who have listened to the episodes and written in and said some nice things. And speaking of writing in, you can, as always, contact me at mike at traveltalespodcast.com. You can go to our website, which is traveltalespodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at traveltalespod. And if you go to our website at traveltalespodcast.com, you can click on the iTunes link where you can subscribe for free and get all 50 episodes. I think if you just go to the link, it only shows you the top or the last 10 episodes. And um, if you subscribe, though, you can get all 50. You can download them. Hours and hours and hours of entertainment. Hey, you stuck in traffic? Need something to listen to? Why not download all 50 Travel Tales podcasts and take a little trip around the world while you sit at the wheel of your car on the freeway? Uh, Speaking of past episodes, a guest from uh, our third episode, J. Keith Van Stratton. J. Keith was nice enough to come over and interview me, and we had a good time, had a few cocktails, and uh, talked about me a little more than most episodes. So, So that's how I celebrated the 50th episode. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it, hey, why not go to iTunes and give us a nice rating? Boosts our presence, helps people find the show, and moves us up into the rankings. And um, yeah, gives us a bigger presence on iTunes, which I'm always looking for. I look forward to another 50, and uh, we've got some new guests coming up, uh, some new types of guests coming up, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope to travel a little more very soon. More on that later. But for now, enjoy episode number 50 with J. Keith Van Stratton interviewing yours truly. Enjoy. I'm a traveling man, made a lot of stops all over the world, and in every port I own a heart. Well, we're on now. I don't know what to expect here. I'll be honest, uh, I'm a little nervous. Thank you for doing this, by the way. Oh, hello. Sure. Have I been introduced, or does I will know? have uh, introduced you already. This oh, is Jay okay. Keith Van Stratton, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. I, just in case. As you know, Mike, even when I just come over for a, a social occasion, I expect to be uh, introduced <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I enter the apartment. Well, you know, I, lately I've been doing a lot of um, little uh, monologue beforehand. Oh, a minute see. or two just talking about the what's happening and everything and introducing the thing, so... I was hoping I didn't have to do a lot of explaining sure. what I was doing. By the this. way, great monologue. Thank you. That was <laughs> fantastic. You were riveted, weren't you? I, I, I was so focused on it that I didn't realize that uh, <laughs> I was on the show, <laughs> which is fun. Well, I thought I'd uh, you know, switch the tables here. I didn't know what to do for this 50th show thing. And uh, I'll be honest, I kind of stole this idea from Mark Maron's podcast. Mm-hmm. He did this for his... Either 200th or 300th I think the 300th, he was with someone else. 300, I can't remember. I think Mike Birbiglia uh, interviewed him. Maybe that was 200, I don't know. Yeah, so it was either this or listen to 49 shows uh, for clips. (laughs) And I have not much of a life, but I have a little bit of one. Well, congratulations, Mike. 50 Well, thank you. I'm going to... Thank you. Cheers. We're too far away to get the clinking of blood. There we go. There we go. There it is. There it is. is, uh, We're doing this at night, so uh, I can enjoy a nice... uh, Beverage, right. you're having Mike scotch. Siegel, travel tales after dark. Yeah, hey, ladies, you're having scotch neat. I am. I'm enjoying a vodka soda. 
It's like you're in the room, everybody. Hey, <laughs> welcome to the lounge. So 50, uh, 50 episodes. Let's talk yes. about it. Well, what was the? What do you want to know? Well, uh, I'm going to pretend that uh, <laughs> that you don't know me. I mean, yes. So, Seigel, is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. <laughs> is that? <laughs> well, my my worry is that I mean I've told probably a lot of these stories mm. somewhere along the, the forty nine episodes, but you know I mean uh, forgive me right now, people for. Uh, and repeating myself, if you heard this stuff, if you've listened to most of the shows, some of this will come back, but, you know. But also, maybe this is a good Maybe entry. not. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is a good entry point for a new list. That's right. I hope you, so. You realize you're bringing my entire fan base <laughs> <laughs> into the fray now, even though I believe I was on the first or second episode. No, you were, you were up there. I'm going to have to look back. I'm gonna feel like I think that was like, your first interview. Like third or fourth, I think. But it was too good. <laughs> to waste I had to save it. on the debut, that's yeah. right. So I, know, I know Graham was number number one. Okay, Graham was the first one, and you were you were about three or four. And uh, well, by I, this time, I will have said this in the monologue yeah. too. So, oh, that was great when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but you were early. You were very I was early. early on. Fantastic. I'm happy to be back. So, what, well, how about this? What's changed uh, in your mind since that? Since the first time that I did it? What? How, how has the well, podcast evolved? Uh, in terms of evolution, I, I don't know. I mean, I, l- I listened to some of the earlier ones, and I... You're more of a creationist when it comes to uh, podcast history. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it hasn't changed uh, that much. I mean, maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe it needs to <laughs> evolve a little more to get this really more be, listeners. This is really an intervention more than a, <laughs> yeah. a celebration. I don't know. I, it's funny that you asked, because I think uh, I, I'm trying to maybe in the next... I don't know. I, I'm... Thinking of maybe like switching it up a little bit and maybe trying some different things, and I, I don't know yet. Um, it is kind of what I want it to be, but I'm afraid of like repeating myself in certain things. Sure. I mean, we you know you can talk about certain areas of certain countries, and you know my reactions, especially if I've been there or even haven't been there, are kind of the same. So I want to work it in and maybe get some different kind of guests, maybe uh, some travel experts and maybe people in the business somehow. Well, one of the episodes that I really enjoyed, especially was when you had uh, Chip Chinnery, uh, our friend, on. And, yeah. Uh, even though he A guy who doesn't travel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even though he refuses to travel outside of yeah. <laughs> wherever Delta flies domestically. And, oh, that drives um, me nuts. I know. I was, well, I was just out of the country. We talked about this the other day. That I, I was just out of the country, and I had been in touch with uh, Chip for, for some tips on getting some points on mileage. And, and you use some, I believe. And, yeah, actually, yeah. I got one of the cards that he recommended on your podcast. Uh, great. Very helpful. Are you listening, Chip? <laughs> I'll make you listen. Congratulations. And I, yeah, and I did click the referral link on his site, so I'm Uh-oh. sure. Yeah, I'm he sure got he a little kickback, that. I think. Yeah, a little kickback, as we like to say in the, uh, the biz. Which one did you use? Uh, well, I, it's funny, actually. I got the uh, – it was the it was a chase card from uh, British Airways that came with like 50,000 points if you met a you know certain spend in time, which I did. Uh-huh. Because uh, it turns out you don't have to pay it right away, which is fantastic. <laughs> I'm really, How I'm really working that system. And uh, actually, it, I, I didn't end up using those points on this trip, but actually just having that card was really helpful because this – I'm sure this will be fascinating for uh, nobody. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, in Europe now, they're all on the standard for the credit cards where they want to – There's they a use chip a card. Yeah, exactly. There's a card with a little microchip in it. And if you don't have that chip, it creates a, a much bigger hassle. America is, is fantastic. Greatest country in the world. We're way behind on that. But, yeah, we're very behind on, on that. And uh, It hasn't really come to Asia as much. Um, we yeah. can run into it really when they're in there. Yeah, oh, that's another thing there. that's changed mm-hmm. while – you know, since we we first talked, mm-hmm. um, we met. Uh, you met me on my trip. Was that before? So we we talked before. We, yes, we yes, traveled? yes. Oh wow! Okay, so we have a, we have a, uh, a travel was, tale together. It was last summer. 
No kidding. Wow. When, when you did the interview. So uh, you can really tell the research I did in preparation yeah, for, uh, <laughs> for interviewing on your big well, anniversary. I didn't know you as, uh, as well then. And That's that true. was, uh, so I learned kind of about you on the show. And so, and then, you know, we spent two weeks together yeah. touring Asia. You came and met me in Hong Kong. That's right. And, uh, or I met you. you. I had already been to Hong Kong. That's and right. And you, you flew were, in and I came right. back. That's right. After Bali. And then we went to Taiwan. Mm hmm. And then uh, Philippines. Philippines. <laughs> Have you told those See stories Christy. yet? Well, Christy did the show. Oh, we, that's right. We that's recorded right. it while we were there. That's right. I was... Uh, I be- and you were in the other room or sleeping. I was in the other room napping. That's right. Right. And, then and yes, we- I did listen to, to see if I was being talked <laughs> shit about in retrospect. <laughs> and then we went and saw uh, your cousin in Seoul. That's right. And, and my cousin has now married that uh, woman that uh, that we saw then. I don't even know if they were engaged at that time, but, but there you go. Uh, no, they weren't even engaged. So there they... There oh, no, go. maybe they were. I don't want any trouble. I'm just saying that they're, uh, they're not, now they're married. But yeah, we 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 uh, we had, had a great time traveling. You claim to be uh, available to do it again, so hopefully we'll have a, another trip uh, coming this winter. Well, how did you find me as a traveler? <laughs> I will say this. Hold on, let me take another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my defense, mm-hmm. um, you were catching me at the end of a three month trip, and I was uh, I was exhausted. And it was so funny when you came and met me, or mm-hmm. I met you in Hong Kong. By this time, I, you know, I was tired. Yeah. I had almost ready. If you were the last two weeks of, what, three months Three months. Road? And I had pretty much been to everywhere that I had wanted to go. And uh, if you hadn't come, I might have been ready to go home. Mm. And, and that's uh, what I was up against. Was, right. And you, <laughs> give me a reason to stay. And then, you, <laughs> and then you came, and you were like this puppy. You were like, let's see this. And this, you had your guidebook out. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh, you want to go to the market, huh? That'll be my 800th market. <laughs> Let me guess what they're selling. Oh, I'll tell you what they're selling. The same shit that everybody else is selling that I saw in Thailand, that I saw in blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, uh, so the answer to your question, a fantastic travel companion. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, you know, I, I snapped a little bit. Uh, Philippines brought me brought the worst out at me. <laughs> generally, generally, Mike, you're very you're very easygoing. You go with the flow. You're yeah. you know, and, and and it happens. I think we did one of the things that we did very well is beforehand. We kind of talked about you know how do we because people view traveling and view vacations in very different ways. You know, some people want to go and see everything. Some people want to just relax. Some people, you know, just what you want to spend your money on. Like for me personally, like I don't I don't like to spend a lot of money on hotels. I'd rather spend more money on you know on food or on you know, shopping and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, we, you know, I think one of the things that we did really well before was sort of talk about, you know, how do we, how do we view this trip and, you know, <laughs> sort of what, what's our general budget for a room and for this kind of a thing. And, and I think, you know, so we, we were kind of on the same page for a lot of that stuff. And also, you know, uh, despite what I'm sure many onlookers thought, you know, we're not a couple. And so <laughs> we're, you know, we're... Despite what many probably yeah. thought. Well, what, what, just, a couple, just a couple guys in our 40s uh, yeah. traveling together. Exactly. I don't know Sharing what... a room. There's uh, nothing, nothing bizarre <laughs> about know, that. I don't know why you people assume. Uh, yeah. He, he likes to, you know, travel and look at Hello Kitty stuff. I don't know why... Um... Bats Maru, but sure. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you like to take your shirt off uh, on, the, on the beach. On the what? other places. Hmm, yeah. What? I'm very shy. I'm modest. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, you know, we had to fall into that thing because you were a shopper. Yes. And I am not. So right. um, I had to uh, find, you know, we, we worked out about it. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I, we go to these markets and I'll, I want to eat everything. Right. You're out looking at stuff and I'm like, oh, I got to eat that. What is yeah. that over there? Food to me is a huge thing. We had some good meals, though. Yeah, absolutely. No, and food's a big thing for me too. I'm just, I just, my, my, you don't eat my fish. diet's a little more restricted, especially you don't in eat Asia. Fish. Yeah, I don't eat, I don't eat fish oh. or any seafood or tofu or mushrooms. 
So, oh, okay. Well, that rules yeah. out half of Asia. That's what people thought. And, and actually, I thought that this, the first time when I went to... When you I can went get to, chicken anywhere, though. Exactly. You get your chicken, you get your pork, you get your veggies. And then what's great is about traveling with somebody else is that, you know, here, try mm. this. Is there... <laughs> <laughs> does this taste like fish or... Uh, yeah. And I will eat that. everything, so that's yeah. pretty good. But but actually, speaking of markets and food, that I thought that place in the Philippines we went, we were in... Was that in, uh, in Boracay? was one of those markets where... You go, you point, you, you buy your fresh yeah. meat, whatever it is, fish or, or from my case, pork chops or whatever, and you go to these little restaurants and you pay them a fee and they'll cook it. cook it for you. Yeah. Which is fantastic. How was your, you, because I got fish. Right. And you got a, I, a pork, uh, pork chop? chops, I think, yeah. How did they do? How, how did that do? One of the things that I find I miss, especially when I travel to Asia, that I miss about uh, the good old US of A, uh, is that you can get grilled meats not chopped up, like not covered in a whole bunch of sauce, not stewed, you know, like really good grilled whole meat. And so I thought, oh, this is my chance finally to do it. I'm in this market. I'm going to point to the pork chops. I'm going to bring them to somebody. And of course, when they come back, they're chopped up in a, in, in a sauce. So. <laughs> but delicious nonetheless, you know. Again, the, I mean, talk about first world problems. I mean, yeah. we were in a, like, probably one of the poorest places. Don't touch ever my meat, my giant <laughs> hunk of meat that would exactly. feed your entire family <laughs> that you can't afford. So yeah, we're sensitive. I, I got, uh, I didn't tell you, I got uh, sick that night. Well, not really sick, but I, I was like, I had a uh, I had a gastrointestinal. Uh, I know incident. there was one night you did. I know it was that. Was it that from your? Was, was it from the market fish? I don't know, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't good. Well, you were out doing something. You got a massage or something? Yes, massage. <laughs> 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 All right. What do you want to ask me? Oh, what else? Let's, let's, uh, let's start. In uh, do you want to go from the beginning? I don't know. What do you want? Oh, to I don't know. Let's just let's just uh, zip around. Well, so so. Uh, oh, how about this? How do you choose to be? Uh, how do you choose who is going to be a guest on the podcast? What do you look for in a good? Uh, Travel Tales podcast guest. Well, ideally, I, I, anybody who's really well traveled. I mean, of course, that's number one. Um, I'll make a, exceptions for people who are funny, <laughs> and uh, it doesn't have to be international. Although I'd appreciate it if it were, I just to like mix it up. But uh, I've had many comics on here who talked about just being on the road in the U.S., and uh, that's always great. Um, but even someone like Chip, who has something to say, mm-hmm. like travel related. I mean, like, that helped you. That yeah, was absolutely. already worth it. And, and uh, it actually helped me because I got one of the uh, credit cards and I think got about 50,000 miles on United. Nice. Just by getting a, a – I got two credit cards. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm going to try to plan another trip in the end of October. Things We're, like that. Or any, anybody – like, I want to talk to um, flight attendants mm. and, and uh, travel agents. Oh, okay. I got if some there are <laughs> still any travel yeah, agents really. <laughs> left in the – boy, the <laughs> internet to, is just – You want to talk to Mr. Expedia? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that would be really interesting to see how it's like – how do you fight that? I mean, there's right. still times where you use them. I used one uh, when I went to um, Cambodia mm. and, uh, and just because somebody recommended it. And uh, it actually worked out really nice, although it's – they put me in places that were like the highest end <laughs> from these little, you know, towns I was staying in that I never would have probably stayed in my own. But and was that something you booked in advance? Because I, I find like uh, I was, yeah, I was yeah. just in Ireland, and uh, my my friend who I was traveling with, you know, would would count on just walking into a, a travel agency in these small towns and having them book stuff. And apparently, that that's a much more common thing. I think maybe in Europe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. Um... But at least in Ireland, though, like I would pull over in Ireland. I rented a car and I would just drive into these towns and I would – it was just me. So I would uh, go to a pub and they'd have a room upstairs. Yeah, And I would just go, okay, can I see it? And they go, yeah, they'll walk in there and then it, you know, it's fine. All right. And I would just sleep up there and then come down and you'd have dinner and they'd sit at the bar and you'd meet everybody in town. That's it was fantastic. great. 
Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, the towns I went to in Ireland were more, the pubs we went to were more, huh? Look at, we've got an Irish pub, everybody. Uh, Isn't oh, this, huh? Yeah. Look at, Even whoa. in the small towns? Yeah, in, uh, maybe, maybe I didn't get into small enough, but even in Kenmare, which is a pretty small town, and then through, uh, went around the Ring of Kerry, like to, yeah. a, to a Dingle. And, Dingle uh, <laughs> Peninsula, sure. Yeah. Um, almost all the ones we saw. There, there, there were a couple exceptions. I was there with a, a longtime family friend who was a local, and so he he brought us into a couple of pubs where, uh, you know, it was bleak and depressing enough to be authentic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anything that had anything that had music or you know amplification or lighting, you know, was generally just for tourists. And in Dublin, you know, that whole the whole Temple Bar area, uh, we were there with a, a, a local Dubliner uh, mm-hmm. who was just saying that like. You know the whole concept of an Irish pub for them is it's sort of like uh, uh, TGI Fridays for us, or you know, or a Bennigan's kind of a thing. That it, it's it's like yeah, it's now sort of become a thing, like an American family restaurant. You know, like it's just another genre of of restaurant. Uh, but for them, the idea of an you know an Irish pub was very well you know foreign, kind of manufactured. Well, I know there or was always, there was always a lot of pubs. I mean, there was a pub with them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They didn't want me to drink with them. Or maybe you were pointed to the touristy places. I mean, you really got to go into the the yeah, real neighborhood. Yeah, I think the real small town. But I was a little surprised, like even in a town like Kenmare, that it was so so focused on you know on tourists and visitors. I was hoping for a little more authenticity. But it's really been one of their most, I guess, their biggest uh, incomes now. I guess they don't have much. You know, they had the Celtic Tiger or the Celtic Tiger, I think they called it, when the economy was booming when I was there mm-hmm. in the early 2000s, whatever. They were one of the first to get into the Euro. They, were, right. they got on the Euro. They were heavily into, like, I think, microchips and a lot of that. And, um, you know, that crashed with everything else. And yeah. they had a big real estate boom, and they're broke. I mean, they busted up. I mean, it's really bad. What it is? There. Yeah, I, I would say um, almost worse about, than here. I, I would say actually worse than. I mean, I don't know the you know actual economics of it, but I just know at least culturally, and I don't know how much of this is just the Irish temperament versus the American temperament. But almost every Irish person who I met at some point referred to how horrible things are economically. There was a great uh, Vanity Fair article that that explained the entire crash mm-hmm. and and like kind of related it to here, mm-hmm. but. They said their bank, their government just decided not only to bail out the banks, but to bail out basically the shareholders of the banks. Mm. So the rich people well, of course. made it their money, but everybody else got screwed, yeah. and the Irish just kind of took it. The and people, they kind of didn't have the underpinnings of industry. Yes, yeah, the people just kind of took it. People forget, up until like 2000, I mean, it was poor in Ireland. Yeah. There were just farmers. There was not much there. And so, uh, yeah, they kind of just ran with it, and now it's all back to where it was. They don't have much of a... Of an industry, and they're poor again. Because that used to be like the cheap place where people from London mm-hmm. used to go get drunk, like mm-hmm. on bachelor parties and stuff. There was always a lot of that. And then it became really expensive. So you, Ireland U2's, was there, Tijuana. Yeah, U2's <laughs> opening hotels now. Yeah. So now with all these cheap flights, all the uh, drunken Brits go to like uh, Latvia mm-hmm. and places like that where you know it's super cheap to get drunk and... They end up ruin, ruining those towns. Now, and, I saw a lot of people in London getting drunk, so I don't know why they needed to, to travel. Oh, tell the, uh, the story of the best drunk you saw. Oh, oh I, I happened to be in London during the last few days of the Olympics, and I think it was my first night I was wandering around, and I think it was near, might have been near Trafalgar Square, and uh, I saw a guy who had the, the trifecta of, of drunkenness. He stumbled, <laughs> vomited, <laughs> and peed. <laughs> And you so, got to see all of it. I got to, I got to see the whole, the whole oh, thing. Oh, that is the uh, English experience. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> really? He was like, isn't this great? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing he was missing was him fighting you afterwards. <laughs> I didn't and stick throwing around. a punch. I didn't stick around for that. Oh, God. 
uh, so well, where next are you looking to travel? You said you might be going someplace in October. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really like to get since it is a, a late October. It's a great time to travel, and so you can get I think one way twenty thousand miles on uh, American mm-hmm. to Europe, and so. Uh, I have a lot of friends in London, and it's one of my favorite cities. And every so often, I, every few years, I need a London fix. Mm-hmm. So, and I want to see a football game when I'm there. So I'm trying to time it out to that. And uh, I also need a New York fix. Yeah, I used to go a lot for work, and now that work's not there, I miss it. And, and work, work, I assume, would put you up someplace there. Oh, it was great. You know, it was so because I lived there in '96, '97 mm-hmm. for about a year and a half. And when I go to New York now. So when I would go for work, you know, they would give me a, uh, you know, be in a nice hotel. I'd get a per diem. And the per diem for New York was a $50 more than anywhere else in the country. It was in mm-hmm. the contract because just New York is expensive. You're like, oh, 50 Oh, that's great. I almost say it might have been 100 a day. Mm-hmm. No, it's like $50 more a day. And, but you blow through that yeah. immediately, immediately. It's so expensive. But, uh, yeah, I've been staying like, at the Essex House on mm. Central Park South. I stayed in the, the Regency a lot on the Upper East Side. Nice. And right now? By... Oh, God. Now I'm crashing <laughs> now on there's my... there's a tent on the... Uh... Oh, I'm crashing on my friend's couch. Uh... But, man, I'm playing... Uh, man, going back for work, it was like I was taking cabs everywhere and everything else. Is there just... anything better than being paid to travel? I mean, obviously, you've gotten to travel a lot anyhow. But when, you're, when it's on somebody else's dime... Uh, and New York on somebody else's dime, yeah. there's no better place. Because it's open all night. There's a but... million places to go. The food, every everything. It was worse than like Vegas for my health because we would. I mean, I'd go out. A couple of the producers I would work with. I mean, they were a lot of fun guys, and and they would always jockey to see who could get to go with me. And <laughs> you know, and I had it dialed in with so many friends between mm-hmm. comedians and all these places to go. And uh, I remember just coming in at like four or five in the morning, and we had to work the next day, just looking like. Complete shit in the in the junkets, you know, in the interview and just make up, please. <laughs> Mike, you got some big bags under your eyes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and it jet was lag. Like, oh, it's jet lag. <laughs> that I miss. And then I would tie it into like seeing relatives and friends sure. when there. I would try to stay longer if I could. And that I really miss because New York on someone else's dime is the best way to yeah, go. New York. I was is... like, why wasn't it this fun when I lived here? And I would go, <laughs> oh yeah, because I was bl- broke on a subway platform at two in the morning going to Brooklyn, to, you know, with my two roommates. I've, Not I've, as fun. I've been in New York looking for work, and I've been in New York having work. Oh. Like, the difference is, I mean, just everything. You know, it's, it's everything. It's a great. It, it's it's an easy town to do super cheap or super <laughs> not on the cheap, but in the middle. You can't do it in Crush the middle. Crush like grape. Yeah, it's um, if you have money, there's no other. There's no better place. If you have a lot of money, I mean, if if I had a lot, I mean, I would definitely have a place there. And London is a lot like that too. London's London's even more expensive, but uh, so like, but I do like it. I do like it a lot. And, Tokyo, I mean that's the problem. I love all the most expensive cities. <laughs> and you, and to be fair, you go to places that aren't expensive, also. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, you're not, yeah. You're not, you're not like one of these luxury. I just, I, I just saw this term uh, glamping. Have you heard about this? No. What it's is like it? Glamorous camping. Oh, it's like a, then what's I, the point? I know. Well, first of all, it sounds like like <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be much worse <laughs> when you hear the yeah. word. It sounds like a dance move. It oh, I was, like new... I was thinking, I was thinking it, was, it sounds like something you'd read in a Dan Savage column. <laughs> But uh, but that's it's the, the thing hot now. new move, yeah, sex exactly. move in the gay scene. <laughs> like you get a little Santorum, you get a little glamping. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, but but that's not the big trend is for people who want to claim that they go camping, but they're paying for literally you know thousand dollar a night sort of campground with a luxury tent with you know electricity. Yeah. And, you know. Well, I mean, I was never a big camper. Like mm-hmm. uh, my family growing up, that's what we did. We uh, my parents were campers. Uh, we had a mo- a motorhome for a little Ooh. while, and then that left. But we yeah we did the tents. Mm-hmm. We used to go up to. Um, a little bit of Wisconsin, but yeah, we, used, we, used to, we used to drive mostly to, uh, like, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Oh, really? That was a big thing. We would camp on the, uh, on the beach. But you wouldn't get to stay in the motorhome? Like, you wouldn't get to camp well, in the, the motorhome? Well, the motorhome was only until only I was about five, and then oh, they okay. got rid of it. And then after that, it was just camping. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was – I never liked it. And my brother and sister did. They worked at summer camps up in Wisconsin in, during college. I was just – my brother to this day – uh, he's a big fisherman and, and camper, and, and my sister and her husband, they do it, and I just uh, I can't get into it. I love it now. I used to hate it, and then it turned out I didn't hate camping. I hated the being yelled at while I was oh, yeah, <laughs> while I was setting yeah, up yeah. camping. I may have said that last time, but yeah, <laughs> that's totally funny. true. Well, so we used to take a lot of trips. I mean, we were we never left the country, and I never left, never left the country till after college, hmm. and so it was all driving, and I can still remember the first flight i ever took was to florida fort lauderdale from chicago and i was about i don't know seven or something Mm -hmm. and i just couldn't it blew me away i was like i couldn't believe i woke up in in my bed in chicago yeah and in the same night i'm going to bed in florida where there's palm trees and it was just it's like we could have been doing this the whole time we could have (laughs) two days in the car and we could have been doing this this is amazing I I, I, tra- I may have talked about this when I was on the show before that uh, I started traveling way too young mm-hmm. <laughs> on airplanes because I would get I would get sent to we lived in Chicago and I would oh get, you went alone though yeah I would get it sent would send to you Louisville alone. yeah so you know it was a forty five minute flight so I, it was one of those things where if I had known to, what I know now I would have been petrified but right. to me, you know your, your parents say okay get on this and then the flight attendant you know pulls you off and all that kind of thing I think but I did fly alone when I was uh, about sixteen. Fifteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. I went to. That's the first time I went to New York. My dad was there in business, and I don't know why I went by myself. Why my brother and sister? I think they might might have been involved in some activity. Mm-hmm. It was one summer, and that was my first time in New York. And my aunt, my hippie aunt, lived in Brooklyn, in the same neighborhood I ended up living in. You know, fifteen years later, mm-hmm. but um, I remember I stayed with her in Park Slope, Brooklyn. My dad was there in business, and then I went. And it yeah. was so. Uh, I just remember it. In the, this is the '80s, mm-hmm. and I just remember after living in New, in New York in '96, '97, during the Giuliani years and mm-hmm. stuff, and people talk about how much he cleaned the city up and yeah. all that. It really was a stark difference. I remember the first time the subway was disgusting. Uh, when I was there in the '80s, people forget. I mean, it was look at movies from that time. I mean, yeah. it was just graffiti. And all the thing over, is, it's still trash everywhere. Well, I, I mean, was just in London and Paris, and you know, did the tubes and metro there. And New York is still pretty shitty. Like, can you compare it to I the? Mean, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's a million times better than it was in the '80s. But like when you when you go to these metro stations, you know, they're spotless. And oh they're yeah, gorgeous. Well, and, where were we? Was it Taiwan? Where we were on the platform? And it was oh, like yeah, a the library. The, we cu- I yeah. couldn't believe it. It was, well, there, was so a, and there was that one place where a lady yelled at me for eating an ice cream cone on the platform. Yes, that was. I think that was yeah, Taiwan. That might have well. been Taiwan. It was like I was so hot and I was so <laughs> hungry and we were in a hurry. It's like I'm just going to grab this. And so you know, meeting it as like walked down the stairs and we're on the platform and no eating, you know, no food. Yeah, and they yeah they follow the rules there. Yeah, but in it, Japan, South Korea, but boy, you know, it's it's. 
so clean and safe. And yeah, they're, 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 they're doing something right. I remember riding the uh, – in Tokyo, I was riding the subway. And uh, I remember there were there was like little paper ads or something. I couldn't mm-hmm. read them; they're all in Japanese. Yeah. But they were hanging. Oh, that's right. Those little flags. Off the ceiling, little flags. And I just remember thinking, God, if we were in New York or something, right. people would rip those down in right. like five minutes. They would somehow be urine stains. Oh yeah, <laughs> blowing their nose on them, yeah. wiping their ass, whatever. Some homeless guy, you no, know, I, makes I, a pillow in, in out Paris, of it. I was taking. I mean, I probably people thought I was from some freak, and I was I was taking pictures of the subway seats because the patterns on the seats themselves were so beautiful and clean. Yeah, and like spotless. It's amazing. It, we're it's animals. Amazing. We're animals here. We're pretty. We're pretty awful in that way. But, but compared- USA is still number one. Yeah. <laughs> But in the seventies and eighties, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, New York was rough, man. Yeah. And I remember like walking down the street, and I really remember like dirt and trash like blowing in my eyes, like it was, it was just rough, man. And um, it's really come around. And people say they talk about uh, Giuliani. Oh, he's a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to go back to what it was? You don't. I don't also, know if you I, do. I, I really don't know if you do want to go back to what. Think really hard. It's like, yeah, gritty man. It was like you know the Ramones, and it was a shithole back then. Yeah. I, I mean, was in C- if you uh, really CB- want to, you can still get murdered. If you yes, I mean, there's if filth. You really if you want to find it, there's exactly. still filth. Yeah, it's I not mean, like you can't buy drugs. Exactly, you don't have to go that far yeah. to find a crack hole. Times Square was pissing on Times Square stops. was horrible. Yeah. I was like, no, it's all Disney, man. Okay, let's let's bring the porno theaters back. Is that what no. you want? I mean, you know, I hopefully there's a happy medium. I mean, I do I do think that I, I'm I do, all for freedom I, of expression. I don't. I, I do I'm resent not a, that there is a Bubba Gump's uh, shrimp factory in the middle of Times Square. I don't like that. But, but it's not for locals. Who goes to Times Square? I like it. <laughs> You're I a want tourist. to like it. Yeah, You're I guess so. I want to live in there. But um, again, we're going through the same thing here in uh, in Hollywood Boulevard. Mm-hmm. I mean, people come from around the world to go to Hollywood, and it's a shithole. Yeah. And so, I mean, but it's still better than when we first got here. No, it's, it's, I've been here 15 years, and it was horrendous. No, there's people like out clubbing now in Hollywood. Yes. I mean, it's it's yes. I know. mean, it's it's not there, but it's <laughs> but no, but on Hollywood Boulevard. Yes. I and mean, I'm going tomorrow night. I'm going to I'm going to uh, see Book of Mormon at the Pantages. That's oh, right I want to see that badly. Oh, I should have gotten you a ticket. Uh, Happy anniversary, Mikey. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'll be watching the Bears <laughs> like a yeah. real true Chicagoan playing the Packers. Mm-hmm. 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 But, Let me ask you. Uh, when I was when I when I was traveling, I, one of the things I know that's probably very different than you know when you were first starting is that uh, I, I don't have people. Basically, what I'm trying to say is with, with Facebook, it kind of changes so much about traveling. First of all, just in terms of getting tips and advice and, and connecting with people. I mean, I, I you know if I if I if I'm thinking about going to a certain part of the world to say I put a post on Facebook, I'm thinking about going here. Anybody know anybody or have any tips? And you know. But the the place that we stayed at in Hong Kong was from a tip from a Facebook friend. I, uh, my first night in Paris, I spent with someone who was a friend of a friend from Facebook, yeah. and then you know I end up put you know putting updates and photos and all that. And it's kind of I realize it's kind of replaced. We're probably you know old enough to remember you know you would go over to, to another family's house for dinner and then you'd, they'd set up the projector and you have to watch slides from their family trip. <laughs> exactly. And like you don't have to do that anymore because people just put it on Facebook you know as it happens. I will say when I look back now, the first time I left. Out of the country, it was eighty nine, mm-hmm. and I did the six weeks around uh, Europe, backpacking and doing all that stuff. And the and how the internet has changed everything. And the the biggest changes um, are a the uh, well the internet and just in making plans, making yeah. your own. Like I was gone for three months, I had no flights, but I had the, my first flight booked, mm-hmm. getting there. And I had nothing booked after that, and I did it all on the fly. I had no hotels booked. 
nothing. And you didn't bring a computer, right? You just had your iPhone. I had my, with you? I had my phone. Right. I had just had an iPhone, and I would get free Wi Fi whenever I can get it. Um, Starbucks is good for that around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that and the ATMs mm. changed everything. I remember leaving the first time, having to take the uh, traveler's checks, right. and uh, trying to figure out the bank hours in whatever country you're in. And hope, the, hope that the currency exchange is open at yes. the airport that you land in. Or changing into the hotel and getting right. royally screwed right. on the rate and, or whatever it was. It was a hassle. I remember like, being stuck with no money in places. And, and it was, it I, was I, a on this trip, I just, did, I just did three weeks and I, bought, I brought with me two or three travel books. I used one of them just because it had fold out maps. And it's like, yeah. you, know, you know, everything now I do. But, but it's amazing like, how, how did people, you know, I guess through travel agents or you just did whatever travel was in the book. Helped but you look, a lot. But you look, at it, you look at the guidebooks and, it, you know, like I, sometimes I'll browse at one for LA just to sort of see, you know, how it's presented to the world. I'm like, there's so much in there's so much that's not in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, how can you expect to know what to see or where to stay without it? I mean, that, that's been, the, that's been that it's I would agree has been the, the highlights. biggest. Yeah, you know, but I would say that's been the biggest change. Also, I, I agree is like uh, is being able being able to plan stuff and then also connecting with people. But not only yeah, that's what I was going to say. The yeah. uh, the biggest thing is I met so many people and uh, on those trips and have lost complete contact with them. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, this woman we met in Sweden on the beach. Me and my friends. No, we met her in uh, Cannes on the beach in France. Mm-hmm. And a few weeks later, oh, she gave us her number. Yeah. And she said, if you guys are ever in Sweden, give me a call. And she lived in Gothenburg, Sweden. And we ended up showing up like about a month and a half later. <laughs> you uh, didn't call, though. You didn't just show we up. We called. Okay. You know, we called, but we had to call recently. Yeah. It was just a phone number. That's all we had. And there was no other way to, to get in contact. All we had was a name and a phone number. And she gave us her apartment. Mm. No, she was house-sitting for a friend. Gave us the friend's apartment. <laughs> gave us a car to use. And I, it was really eye-opening to me thinking that like nobody in America, I think, would open up their home it's funny. to, I would feel, to a stranger. I would for, be mo- much more willing to do that to somebody from a foreign country than I would to, to a fellow American. Yes. And I don't, I'm not quite sure why. Just maybe because having traveled, I appreciate you know, the vulnerability. I appreciate well, you know, the, the, the... Again, with the internet, I've, I've, been, I've hosted a couple of people here on uh, couchsurfing.org, oh, yeah. and uh, a woman from... Uh, uh, Prague. Uh, no, where was she from? Prague. Yeah, she was from Prague. And how's that been? Because I have friends who do Airbnb and who host people through that, but that, that's that one's charged. paid. Yeah, they, yeah they, they're paid. Yeah, so Couchsurfing, I hadn't realized. I just signed up right before I left just in case I needed to use it while I was away. You know, Rachel, you. Rachel, Rachel Reenstra did the show, mm-hmm. and she, she hosts a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, A, it's a, great pe- it's a great way to meet people from overseas. Mm-hmm. And if I ever go to those places, yeah. I got, you know, I'm hooked up. But um, the only thing about it it's tough here because getting around you need a car yeah and it's a pain in the ass for people they don't want to rent a car right. and i don't blame them they're not used to renting a car they're used to going to normal cities where you don't need a car right and so it's very easy because i don't want to be a chauffeur to people as much as i you know, i'll yeah. host you but uh it's harder for them you know right. one girl had rented a car and it was very easy but um, well, how much they're of taking of a, the bus? How it's much of really a host rough. sort of tour guide do they expect you to be versus just you know, you know what you, you don't really to have crash. to be you don't really have to be but out of you know I don't want to like uh, there's a Simon the Belgian guy that stayed here with me was uh, very nice but he took the the bus mm-hmm. everywhere and in L A you can, you can get around but it's, yeah. it, man it's not easy yeah and, and I live pretty central yeah, yeah so I mean it was easy but he was going from my place to like 
um, the Palisades mm-hmm. to the Getty Villa, meeting people right. there. Yeah, that took like day. three buses. It took like three hours for him to get there. And I'm just like, you know, they, they don't like it. I usually yeah. tell uh, people from other countries, if they're coming out west, they ask me, should we go to L.A. or San yep. Francisco? I always tell them San Francisco, uh, and they all like it better. Yep. No, and I like L.A., but my, my line about it is that, you know, it's, it's a nice place to live, but I wouldn't want to visit there. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, there really isn't that much it's, to see here. It, it's I mean, completely spread out. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. And, and really, what, what great attractions do we have there? I mean, present company excluded. Unless you're into the movies and yeah, or you surfing, go, to, go or, to the studios yeah. and – but where I, I take him to Beverly Hills, yeah. they see that they take some photos. Right. They go to Hollywood Hi- Boulevard. Exactly. I dropped him up there. The the Belgian Simon. I dropped him up at Hollywood and Highland. Yeah, and uh, I said, "Well, there's there, and there is the subway. We do right. have a subway there, right. and that'll take you downtown." Right, and, and that's I took the other him downtown, thing. and he loved it. He loved downtown. Oh, really? Because it felt like a city to him. Right, and and. But it's to funny most, most people it feels like a city. But it's funny because in most most places downtown is the place that you want to yes. go and be, and here it's more like. I guess there's a few things there now. Yeah, I he's. I mean, it's better yeah. than it was. Again, yeah, I talk about gentrification. I yeah. mean, it's a lot better than when we first right. moved here. But I, I don't. <laughs> he, gonna... he found some. He found the uh, museums and stuff down yeah. there. So and... That, 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 that's true. That is building up, and you get yeah. the, the but, uh, Disney Hell and all that. Yeah, everything else. And then you take him down to Venice, and you see the freak show, and then <laughs> and after that, you're like yeah. you said, you're. No, but compared to San Francisco, as oh, far no. as att- as far as attractions and just and you just know, beauty, topography, yeah, just yeah, beauty. The whole thing. Ain't going to San Francisco's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, lo- I like living in L.A., but... Yeah, just as if the weather's better here. But yeah, but, sure. but absolutely what you said. If, if given the choice, I would say, you know, if someone were coming to the States, I would say New York, obviously, San Francisco, and then just for something different, I would, you know, pick New Orleans. some small town. I would tell, and, I would oh, tell New, New Orleans idea. because it's one of the uh, cities that is most unique. That is I mean, true. It, it, is, it is a completely unique city in America just with the friendship, the, the architecture, the music, mm-hmm. the food. The hurricanes. It's, yeah, it's, it's all... <laughs> But it's part of it. It's all unique. It's true. And and so That's a good point. and I was and they're never disappointed when they go there. It's and I also tell people that if they can to try to try to drive, you know, if you can drive Chicago, from Chicago, yeah, like you. if you could drive from like Chicago to San Francisco or something, you know, or or, or along the southern route and just really see cuz I don't think people have a whole, whole appreciation for how vast and barren it's so massive. much of the US it is. It is massive, yeah. You know, for for its, you know, if you look to, you look at the you know the amount of the square footage of America versus the people and yeah. how you know, how much more Australians even get it. We could but that's be about spread it. out, yeah. But that's because so much of the place they can't live. Like we yeah. could live in Montana, we just don't. We just, exactly. <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not going to get attacked by scorpions. You know, yeah. going through Bozeman. <laughs> oh, God. you could. I don't know. Maybe well, you get attacked by other things. Well, the scorpions would more likely be a biker gang. <laughs> the, name, exactly. the name of a biker gang. Supremacist. The scorpions. I. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you also because the, our our trip uh, kind of inspired me uh, to pack and travel differently. Oh, you learned, what I right? Bring. Yeah, you had the biggest bag. I historically have traveled heavy and not made any you know bones about it. But that that when I when when I now you realized I why I had just carry on. Well, when I ran into you in Hong Kong, you'd been on the road for three months, you know, all around the world, and still had only nothing. had a had a carry on. <laughs> and I already I just arrived. <laughs> I was there for two weeks, and already well, you kept buying shit too. That is true. I do. I did. You know, and that but that also changed me. I, I really you know when what. 
part of part of it was from hauling so much crap around, but also you know when we would get on these what do you call it was not a pedicab what do you call the cat the the motorcycles that they would modify in the Philippines and we would oh I um, what they call those cabs not a tuk tuk that's in Thailand but it was the like, um, yeah I know yeah. but they would they would modify these motorcycles so that five people could you know fit yeah. on the on the on the back a little, yeah. but don't worry it was load bearing completely linoleum. safe completely yeah. safe we all wore seatbelts like plywood linoleum and you know <laughs> but you know riding riding on that through through these towns I particularly remember in Boracay where we were staying in a resort community but you had to go in order to go to uh, I think it was called the White Beach or White Sands Beach or something. The white people, yeah, beach. yeah, <laughs> something white man beach, yeah. <laughs> I think it was the white sands beach or white, white shale, beach, maybe yeah. something like that. But you know, you you had to go by. Uh, well, in general, just the poverty throughout the Philippines was just breathtaking, and and you know, b- being in there and realizing, you know, first of all, <laughs> haggling with the driver over, you know, you realize you're haggling like, over yeah, fifty like four cents. cents, yeah. yeah. But you know, it really did kind of it. You know, just seeing how much people there just make do. It's like you know, we. I think you know, there's such a fear in America about being poor, about losing everything, and you know, the sort of the you know losing the American dream, and this idea that well, that's it. Like if that were to happen, like then you're dead or you're finished, and just seeing like no, life goes on. Like people, yeah, the people kids there found the people found the kids found something to make into a toy, and people found something to cook and all that. And I'm not saying that like therefore everyone's okay. It's not good, but you know, yeah. kids, kids especially will they don't. Only, they only know the reality exactly. that they have, and and I remember going through with this group that I was in in South Africa. We went to these um, you know uh, shanty towns basically, mm-hmm. and the slums. And we were uh, we, we brought in a soccer coach, and we had donated all this uh, equipment, and uh, we would go through the townships, and we would try to get these kids to come out to the. Uh, it was a youth center, mm-hmm. and uh, every day we had to go. We had to do a walk through the. Uh, Slum basically to get these kids to just bring them over mm. and walk them over. Pied Piper. Yeah, it yeah. really was. And uh, no, I'm not saying that the kids were rats. <laughs> I'm, send your send your tweets. Send your tweets to at Funny Mike. Why do you hate? Why do you hate so much? <laughs> um, because their parents just weren't. Mm-hmm. They didn't really. They just kind of let them. <laughs> yeah. Like some of them went to school, some of them didn't. It was it was really big. But I remember I was with this woman from Dallas. And uh, she had had, she was in her fifties now, and and she had had grown kids, and she would work with these kids. I uh, and I asked her, I was like, "What have you learned anything from all this?" She goes, "Yeah, I learned I gave my kids too much, mm. you know, because these kids would laugh and sing, and they, they don't know any better. Kids right. only know the reality." That they have, and that's and, uh, not to say they should not be immunized. Because no, we want to give them <laughs> exactly. more, but it really is. But it, what it, it what really it, is whatever the Joneses have. You feel like you, if you're the poorest person in a really rich town, right? You feel like you you don't have much. And um, I will say that about the way I grew up. I mean, I'm, I look back now, and and my where I grew up was a pretty unique place, and I didn't I didn't know any better. But it was it was very it was this little it wasn't attractive. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was ugly and you know it was built in the late sixties. It was basically a subdivision of another suburb in the far south side, which is not the nicest area. You know, it's it's like where all the the African Americans in on the south side of Chicago when they wanted to leave the city mm-hmm. for a better life, they they usually went south because uh, it was a they were accepted. You know, mm-hmm. there was it was there wasn't a lot of places they could go. And so our town was new. They came and it was really, really mixed. What was the name of it? It was called when I was growing up it was called Park Forest South. Mm-hmm. And then uh somewhere around like the early eighties they wanted to distance uh, 
because there was park forest mm-hmm. and um to uh separate ourselves we became university park because oh. there is a senior college there uh called governor state university which is in the town so it's like you would go to a community college for your first two years Mm-hmm. And then you would go to Governor State for your last Governor, two years. It's kind of generic, isn't it? It is. It's all Governor, generic. Governor State University Park. They didn't want to. Governor State. It sounds like Sim City or something. It's so yeah. It was so ugly. And I look back, and you and like a lot of the Midwest, when you build out into cornfields, mm-hmm. like the college I went to was like Northern Illinois. It was like this. When you build out into cornfields, there's no trees. Mm. There's no beauty. There's no hills. Right. You know, it was just like there wasn't a lot of natural beauty. And if you don't Where make I the effort up. to, to you know, create yeah, that, create and, green spaces. And I didn't create... know. That's why I, I never I, – I still love mountains. Mm-hmm. Like moving out here to me was – I mean, there's an ocean. There's mountains. There's sun. Right. I remember those long gray winters, and, and I just – there wasn't just a lot of natural beauty. Not even the homes. These were like, you know, prefab homes. There was five or six different models of homes, and yeah. every fifth house was It was efficient. Same. I mean, everything was, you know – It was just the way it was. Done. So – but I I do recognize now that my uh, upbringing in in terms of like race and stuff mm-hmm. like that and cultures uh, was pretty unique. I but I didn't know any better. I right. thought everybody lived that way. Right. At, at one point, I was I was about thirteen and I was on a all star traveling baseball team. You know, Ooh. we had our local little yeah. Bingo I made long. A, yeah, I made all stars. Nice. I made the traveling team. Nice. But we would we were not too far from the Indiana border, so we would. I remember playing a, a tournament. It was like Sherrville, Indiana, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we pulled up. There was like, at, at this point, I think there was like four four white guys on the team, and mm-hmm. I was one of them. And all the other guys were like gone that week. So it was just me. And uh, we pulled well, up. All the other white guys were gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it was just, <laughs> and I didn't realize it. Yeah. But, you know, we walk up, and uh, we get out in this little farm town in Indiana, and it was like everything stopped, and we could pile out of the station wagons, and and I was warming up on the side, you know, playing catch with whoever. And these older kids leaned over the fence, and they're like, "Hey, what are you doing on the team?" I was like, "Huh? I'm, you're the only white kid on the team." And I, I looked around, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I guess I it am. literally had never." It didn't. I didn't you. notice that. I, not that day. I certainly didn't, and I didn't. It was strange, and and that's when you decided you needed to move to California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, but when I see, uh, but it was like when when Obama was running, right? You know, I think there's there's a huge faction of um, white people in America that just, you know, I always had black authority figures in my life, and I mm, had teachers, right? Same uh, teachers throughout my life, coaches, uh, people who could discipline me. And did, who could bench me, who could give me an F, who mm-hmm. could, you know, principles and things like that. Right. So it doesn't, it's not shocking to me to have, uh, you know, an African-American person in authority over right. me. But that's v- still very weird hmm. to a, a lot of people. And you can see, it, they're just uncomfortable with it. You yeah. know, during like, even polling during the last election, it was like, well, I don't think I'm ready for a, really? You're, you're admitting that? You're not? Right. Where a Ready. secretary of state doesn't seem as yeah. threatening. That's maybe funny. if he was a basketball coach, I'd accept yeah. him. Like maybe maybe, maybe, maybe he knows president. what he's talking about. Right. But it's just like uh, that's when you really see it. And uh, until I got to college, I had never been to school with so many white people before in my life. And was it was, 
I noticed it. That's interesting. It's usually but the, the other opposite kids, yeah, experience. Yeah, they had the people. opposite. I would yeah. go to the uh, – a lot of my friends, they had come from these completely all-white suburbs or these little farm towns, never met anybody, never been in their houses, never – so I think that, like, traveling – it helps me adapt. Absolutely. And, a and, lot and, of and on a smaller ways. scale, I have a similar experience when I travel out of the country because, you know, it well, like when we were in Asia, I mean, it was like, it was so weird. You to, are a minority. You're, and, and not you just that, it. but like, there are zero black people. Oh, yeah. yeah like, yeah. there are zero Latino people. And I'm not complaining. <laughs> hey, <but>. <laughs> come on now. Here, <laughs> no, here. Like, Finally. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you, it, it's funny because, like, you know, England had a, has a lot more. Has a lot. Well, more London's multiple. very diverse. Yeah, very diverse, but not, but not with like. I didn't see any people who were probably you know South American or Central American, as far as I can no, tell. No, no, no. You know, I much, mean, but well, yeah, I mean, but certainly was, more with. But yeah, if you they're see, Spanish, they they're white. Yeah, but they look Caucasian. I mean, <laughs> the Spanish. They're among us. Well, no, no. It's like the um, where. You know, Central Americans, that's that Indian blood, whether right. they have darker skin, they're shorter, they have... But what you do see is a Europeans, lot more people in burqas. Spains are Europeans. More, a lot oh, yeah, more a lot of turbans, and, you know, it, it's so, like, the... It, it's, Indians, you Pakistanis. Don't, you don't, but, yeah, you don't realize quite... I mean, I remember this whole, the whole silly thing with the, the mosque that was, you know, opening near the World Trade Center site. Oh, yeah. And, and how... You know, that got everyone's panties in a twist and like, you know, you look in London or you know, you go to some of these European airports and, you know, on the signs it says, you know, water fountains, bathroom, mosque, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. or there's a, there's a foot washing, you know, uh, uh, icon for the, you know, for the, for the, for right. the rest. Well, London's way ahead of that. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're leading the guard on that. And, and Paris has a lot of that too. Yeah. I mean, they're, and they're Paris really has a lot of anti, you know, and the Burka law and that, that whole thing there. Yeah. And so the, they're going through a weird transition of, like, how to deal with it. I it, mean, you forget that in America, at least the cities, is a really diverse place. And, and when you go not to Australia— But about the Muslims—it's interesting. The though. Muslims, are, it's a newer thing. It, yeah. It's only because it's newer. I mean, we're still learning how to deal with it. And Well, in London, East London, you know, I did a bike tour through East London and going to, into the Muslim neighborhood. It was weird because I, I did start to get a little uncomfortable, partly because I was so aware of how— unusual this was for me to be around you know to, like I, I i couldn't tell you where the muslim neighborhood is in los angeles you know i couldn't t- i couldn't even tell, tell you where you, a mosque is i could tell you where the hasidic one yes, the jewish one is and it's right up the street <laughs> that's right it's my neighborhood but there is a i mean there's there's an iranian area over yeah, there but Westwood, a lot yeah. of them are jews though right uh, who came when the shah t- got kicked out you know and that's beverly hills is about half um uh was it persian yeah but you wouldn't see, you know, it. it I, I could, I don't know. I would maybe see what in a, in, in a year, maybe you'd see a couple women yeah. with, you know, I saw with the it more in New York. I saw it more in New so York. A little more New York, but in London, you know, and it, it was just. It, it's it really big. reminded me of like you need to be around other kinds of people in order to not get freaked out by it. And so, like, I'm, I'm just picturing someone who's never, you know, who's never been to a bigger city or never traveled, and all they see are the images on TV. Yeah, it's like, of course you're afraid. Of course you're freaked out. Well, I'm that's not a, saying that justifies. It. I'm just no, saying I understand it's, it's a, a worrisome more. thing. You know, I, I as you see as the election comes on, when when you know, it always tends to be the people who are like, you know, America shouldn't apologize for anything. Right. You know, we're right on – those are the people – that's who, always a sign of a good relationship yes. when no one apologizes. Well, yeah, so. who can never admit any wrongdoing. <laughs> exactly. That's what you look for in a friend. <laughs> uh, but those are the people who usually have never been anywhere else and yeah. uh, don't care. And uh, I would say everybody should live in New York for a year. Yeah. And it would be great. And even, even though – when I moved to New York, even though I lived in Chicago and I was in downtown, I was used mm-hmm. to taking public transportation right. and stuff like that. 
New York was still a different animal, man. Yeah. It just it just and closes plenty, in on you. There's and, still plenty of bigots there on all, oh, on yeah, all but, sides, but you learn to you just learn to live with each you other. You deal with you got to deal with each other. Yeah. You, as soon as you step on the sidewalk, there's five different languages going on. Around. Exactly. You got to sit next to him on the subway. Yeah. You rub shoulders. You're and all you're, in it together. And you start to rely on people. Yes. You start to rely on people of different nine eleven backgrounds. Things yeah. like that happen. It's just like well, well it's interesting. The you know, power the, goes out. Everybody yeah. just deals with it, and, and and everything doesn't go to shit. Well, when the during the uh, you know we said the political conventions and you know the, the that trope of you know you're better off than you were mm-hmm. you know four years ago and forgetting financially I, I really thought about that a lot while traveling because as a, as a traveler as an american traveling internationally i'm much better off than i was oh four my years God. ago i mean there the, the during the second half of the bush administration oh it was God. rough out there i mean i was i i took it from all sides i mean people everywhere wanted to go wanted to start a discussion and i was like I, I, after a while you just go you know what sorry you throw up your hands and go yeah i didn't how did you elect them twice you know i i didn't oh, i don't mm. yeah so it was a big relief the, and, and, I, and he it was really really hit it was it was it was Iraq really was the yeah. uh, but it has kicker. less to do, I think, with politics as it does with sort of a, a sense of statesmanship or you know. A, well, he was a bad at that. There's yeah. a dig- you know, there's a, there's a you know, agree or not with his politics. There's a, there's a dignity with which I think Obama carries himself, and and you saw even like even with like Romney going to London, and you know, how do you screw up? London. How do you screw up being in London? How do you manage to piss a, off they, English people during a, the Olympics? A, they know the language. B, they're our ally. Yeah. How do, you I was off, lost in translation. You I, pissed uh, off an ally. Yeah. And you haven't even taken – yeah, it's – they see that, and they see that badly. And, 100%. And, and they, um, they look at a guy, and I, when I first saw Bush in 2000 realize that this might happen, yeah. I looked into it, and I went, okay, well, let, let me find out about this guy. And – when we talk about travel, I said, this is a guy who had all the money he needed. Mm-hmm. He, money was not an issue. He graduated college like in the late 60s when even like pretty square people were mm-hmm. going off to like Marrakesh for a month and trying to find themselves. Didn't do any of it. Could have traveled the world. Didn't do it. And that means this is a person who doesn't have the curiosity. Right. And that worries me because if I had the money and knew – that no matter what I did, I could come back and get a loan from any bank, get a job with my through my dad or whatever. I would have gone everywhere. I would right. have gone everywhere just uh, just to do it or just to screw off or right. you know just I mean it's the sixties. <laughs> Go get some of that free love in Paris or whatever. And God forbid your mind gets open. And Sarah right. Palin used to wave the fact that she'd never been anywhere right. like a badge of honor. Right. And I went and and the world sees that and go really. Yeah, more another American, who, and the thing is, it's who's not, never been anywhere, who wants to tell us how about, to live, and it's not about not loving America. It's just about being. It's about being humble, and it's about yeah, being it's, a sort of a citizen of the world. Yeah, just and I, I would tell this to my like my brother's one of these people, and and we're very different in a lot of ways. And he's two years older, and uh, never been out of the country. And uh, I remember going to New Zealand. I mean, New Zealand, <laughs> it's the easiest place to go in the world. <laughs> And it's gorgeous. And he, this is a guy who loves hunting and fishing. Not hunting, but fishing and camping and do outdoor stuff. There's no better place. It's beautiful. And I said, you would love it. It looks it's like Alaska, but with better weather. It's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> and no, fewer people and cleaner. And uh, he all of a sudden, it's like he got defensive and went, yeah, well, I think there's a lot of things to see here in this country. Right. I was like, yeah, you can do both. Right. It's, yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. Just because I like somewhere else doesn't mean i hate america yeah. and and i have to say that 
over and over to people. And, and it's just, funny. You don't have to say that anywhere else in the world. I don't, no. know, if, I don't know of any other country where, where people feel that they have to defend you know, their, their desire yeah. to travel. Or it's to, not a weakness to like both. I can yeah. like two things. Right. And I don't hate America, but I like other places too. Mm-hmm. You can do both. And most of the people I met, I meet who haven't been are very, you know, are very curious, and and, and they do see America, yeah. you know, even in, you know, well, I mean, they they're so countries. bombarded with it media yeah. wise. I mean, they, I just if you see something on TV enough, you want to go see it. Right. I mean, at least I do. I always did. I always saw that about California. Mm-hmm. I watched it on TV my entire life, and I was like, oh, I got to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the chips? Yes. Yeah, so, Where's chips? <laughs> Where's Charlie's Angels? <laughs> they look like they hang out over there. That looks familiar. <laughs> I remember the, one of the first memories like, of college, of where I wanted to go. I was watching Battle of the Network Stars in the <laughs> 70s. And uh, it was, they had this helicopter shot of Pepperdine University where mm-hmm. they were doing it, mm-hmm. all the athletic events. And it was like, live from Pepperdine University in Malibu. Just gorgeous on a bluff <laughs> overlooking the sea. I was like, Dad. That's where I want to go. Pepperdine also, that's what, they, University. that's what they consider athletic events. Yes. <laughs> I, want a, I think I, I want a letter in potato that's sack it. race. Look at that place. I was like, Dad, look at that. Pepperdine University. That's I where I want to go. I can hang out with Barbie Benton. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you enjoy that. And then well, by the time we all got to high school, my dad sat us all down. It's like, you guys can go to school anywhere you want if it's an Illinois State school. And we're like, well, <laughs> that narrows it down. So well, I went, went to, to Northern North- Illinois. I went to Northern Illinois. My brother went to Western Illinois. Now, isn't Chicago already in Northern Illinois? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even go to the big city. That's how lame I was. So but, the next 50 podcasts, what can we look forward to? I don't know. I'm, I'm in a <laughs> do, kind do you have of... any plans or anything after, after tonight's podcast? <laughs> I might shut it down. Oh. I'm going to shut her down for a while. <laughs> um. I don't know. What, do you, is there anything you want to ask me other than like? Because I'm still. It's in a transition of um, what I want it to be. Yeah. I like. Uh, it's really hard to get people, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to sound desperate or anything like this. But <laughs> but I am your guest. Uh, but yeah. I mean, really, people, you're you're the big. This 50. is a cry for help. This booking. This booking <laughs> <laughs> is a big red light. But I do urge people, it's like if you have uh, an, any ideas or anything like that, I'm always open to anything. And it can transition to whatever. I mean, it's um, – I, I am like... only doing it myself. So mm-hmm. it's, it does take a bit of time. I mean, not a ton, mm-hmm. but it does take a bit of time. And I really want to – I'm going to set it up to do Skype interviews. And so there's a lot of people I want to talk to and either just can't get here or I can't get to them. And uh, once I can do that um, – I think that would open up a lot of stuff to me. So I want to do that. And what kind of uh, interaction do you get from from people uh, who listen? Do you get, do you get people writing in, uh, asking questions, a little bit, saying stuff? A little bit. I mean, a lot of it's complimentary stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Some of it isn't. Um, but not a ton of mail. Not a ton of mail. I'll be honest. That's all right. Um, well, it's, not a, you know, it's, not, it's not like we're taking calls or anything. If so, well, there's you're a live. Light. Okay, there's That's a light. <laughs> Toledo, go ahead. <laughs> you're listening to Skipper and JoJo on the on, the, on Wolf 108. Uh, the Wolf Row. Wow. Uh, well, I, one of the things I like though is that you, in addition to uh, recording in your studio slash 
office slash home slash home <laughs> is, is it the home do, office I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, is it uh, you do you, you take a recorder with you? So uh, you've been able to do some some of your recordings on the road. We so did I, some. Yeah, we I did, know you did that one with Christy in the Philippines. We and did then, Christy um, in the Philippines. Pilar, you didn't was it Vietnam? Pilar, I did in uh, in Saigon, and mm. then um, my friend in uh, Koh Samui, Thailand. I talked mm. to, and who else did I talk to on the road? Oh, uh, Jose in uh, Budapest. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it was great. There was one I didn't use, which oh. was in uh, Berlin. <laughs> was there a beer fest involved? Or? The sound was really terrible. Uh, the echo was really bad. We were in a, yeah, just in a, in a wrong place, and it just didn't sound really well. And I, 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 yeah, it was a friend. It was a brother of a friend, and uh, yeah, it didn't it didn't make it. But I, I, there was many more I wanted to do, and I think I'm gonna, I'm going to try to do more. Uh, when I'm on the road and any other trips I take. And, um, yeah, I'm getting restless again. Mm. I do get restless. Restless. So I, I think you were starting to say where you might be going in October. I don't know if you, you said. Oh, that uh, I really want to get into – I have something on hold. Oh. Uh, I have a flight with Miles on hold to Lisbon, mm-hmm. where I've never been. Um, but I really want to see that. Uh, basically, I want to go anywhere in Europe and then hit London on the way back. Nice. Um, I really want to get to Greece, although late October might be a little... I want to go there when it's hot and you want to go to the islands. And I preferably... Do some investing. Yes. Some- <laughs> <laughs> preferably rather to go with a, uh, a woman. Sure. Um, but I have friends in, in certain... So things. ladies, write in to... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. At, uh, Travel Tales or whatever. But you? it might be shutting down. It might be uh, shutting down by October, late October. Because that was about the time last year I was going through. And I ended up going to Istanbul instead. Hmm. Because I know in like late October, early November, it's starting to like... What? Oh, you mean Greece? It's, uh, as a, as the a, islands. The islands. Everything I've heard about Greece, you go to Athens mm-hmm. uh, for like a day or two tops. Because people don't really like Athens that much. Mm-hmm. And then you got to get to the islands. Mm. That's... That's what you want. To, that's where you want to be, and preferably you want to be where it's warm and you can swim. Sure. Like actually, right now in September, this is the time you want to be there, and this is the time I originally wanted to be there because it's still warm, and the August crowds have all gone. But he's get, here instead for you people. Yeah, I'm here for you. <laughs> talking to Jake Keith Van Strat. Thank you very much, everybody. JakeKeith.net. But yeah, I mean, I, I look ahead, and uh, I would love to build it up in a in a way that I can get listeners and. Hopefully, uh, maybe sponsors or get someone to pay sure. me to go somewhere. That would be my ideal. Absolutely. Depending on what happens in this uh, well, I think crazy the, business. The business we call show? I keep trying to pitch things with uh, uh, travel shows. I mean, mm-hmm. my ideal thing would be to host a travel show for TV, but uh, those are hard things to sell. Yeah. You go in there and go, okay, here's the, every pitch kind of boils down to, here's the story. Uh, you got a camera. You follow <laughs> me around the world. I do cool stuff. You shoot it. What do you think of that? Right. They're like, yeah, we've heard that uh, about ten times <laughs> can you a day. Eat? Can you eat? Can you yeah, eat can like you... a chicken penis <laughs> on the way? Or a... yes, here's the thing. Yes, yeah. I can. Can you also teach people how to build and or decorate? Yes, and but or on, cook and stuff like that. Though yeah. I mean, you know, you go out for hosting stuff. Yeah. They want a guy, uh, an quote unquote expert. experts, right? So uh, I go into my agency. We're not chefs, right? We're not uh, home builders. Uh, or I have designers. to say though, in the like in the years since my my agent first started saying, you know, like, do you know how to build a house or like, I actually should have just be I should have just you know gotten a contractor's license. Well, like, that would have been more efficient. And uh, I'd like to, you know, if this if this got big enough, mm-hmm. I could be considered a quote unquote travel expert. Absolutely. And some of these guys. Um, 
I'm going to be talking to soon. See, I, what I say you do is you already are a travel expert. You got your 50 <laughs> podcasts under your belt. I got to write a book. No, you get you, you you write to you know you start getting uh, freebies from uh, travel companies. You do a thing where you, they they put you up at a hotel uh, and you. Uh, you That's know, what we're working on. Write a little hello. That's about what we're it. working on. And uh, some of the guys that uh, I've talked to already mm-hmm. that I want to get on the show soon. Mm-hmm. Are their doing that. They are doing that. <laughs> yeah. So I want to find out how the hell they're doing it. Right now, we got Chip Chinnery telling me how to get yeah. freaking flyer miles, which is no, which is no small thing. This is a great thing. I mean, you know, to make, you it was know, very nice of him to uh, to do it, and it worked for you and me. Absolutely. So far. I hope people have uh, followed his advice. So, well, I hope people, you know, I hope people get out of the show that that travel is accessible, and it's you know that everybody, you know, one of the common threads that I hear in the, the podcast of yours that I've listened to is that. Everybody has has had some sort of misadventure, you yeah, know, d- while yeah. traveling, and yet that becomes the story that they tell, and that you know that that uh, that you know you don't have to you don't have to do the most expensive and the most far flung thing. It doesn't always have to be a you know one day I'd like to see so and so. I mean, it's good to have. It's, I think it's good to have a, a goal and a, and a dream and something to shoot for. But so so much of travel, especially you know with all these deals and stuff that Chip was talking about, is accessible and also. Like you're allowed to make mistakes, and you know there's so many times that you know so many stories that people have when they first start travel that you know that oh, oh I didn't know that this town didn't have an ATM or I right, didn't right, know right. that you know I, I'd never driven on the left side of the road before that kind of stuff. But that's part of the fun, and I think like the more you kind of go with the fear in that, like those are the stories that you have to tell. I've and, done things that I never thought I would, yeah. and been places that I never thought imagined I'd be doing. I mean, I don't know what is what it is. That makes somebody a traveler. I'm sure. Um, I think about me and, and what, what are you is running like? from, Mike? Well, that's part of it. <laughs> you know, am I really running from something, or is is like a lack of? I don't know. Sometimes I think that that maybe I'll be somewhere. There's a joy I have in in being so far away from mm-hmm. where I where I live and where I'm from, and maybe there's a sense of like that makes me think I've I'm doing something or gone somewhere. Mm-hmm. Look how far I've come because yeah. I'm all – I'm not really achieving anything. I, all I'm doing is <laughs> I'm far away. So it's like is, is that giving me a sense of having achieved something just uh, by being there? Well, for, well, I, I think it can be an achievement. For me, for me I like knowing that I, can, that, that I can adapt and that I can sort of still – I don't know. I guess sort of be myself or live my values or find, you know, find what's important to me, find what I like in certain places. That, you know, that sort of I can be okay – in yeah. all sorts of different situations, and and that means something to me, uh, and as well as I, I like that whenever you know whenever I come home from a trip, if it's more than a, a week or so, uh, it's very clear to me what I want to like. Uh, sort of a metaphor, but it's also true. Like I, I walk into my home and I can immediately see the, see what I want to do in my house, what I want to get rid of that I couldn't quite see before because I was living in it, and and I think that you know that that applies to sort of other areas of my life also. Yeah. You know, it's like they're the the. The people you realize who you miss and who you don't miss when you're away, and what you miss, and you know what what's important to you and what isn't. Yes, and and uh, you know I, I like that. And what you need and what you don't. Exactly. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I've gotten. Well, I think what I was starting to say was you know talking about driving on that road to the, to the Philippines to you know White Man Beach was that yeah. you know was seeing all the poverty and realizing like. I really could make do with everything I have right now, and, and I've really made an effort to acquire an, a, a hell of a lot less than than uh, you know th- this this whole year. I mean, I literally went through a few months where, you know, aside from food and cat items and gasoline, you know, I, I just I did not acquire anything, and it was just really interesting to bring that kind of consciousness to just like 
you know, how much I unconsciously just uh, accumulate stuff. stuff. Yeah, not yeah. just buy stuff, but like end up with, you know, giveaway items or receipts or, you know, all this stuff yeah. that you just, you know, that you just don't, that you just don't need. And so, you know, and as well as just sort of the environmental impact and thinking about oh, yeah. that. And so, you know, that, 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 that's been helpful for me. And then also <laughs> what I was trying to say was like just traveling lighter. This last trip I did, I did three weeks and I brought only, you know, carry on stuff. Well, so. I urge people that like whenever they leave, I go, you know, unless you're going to, Really remote area. Yeah. You can get everything. Yeah. Don't don't worry about packing. You yeah. know, just I think it was Dan Rosen who came <laughs> and said his mother's advice was take half of what you think you'll need mm-hmm. and twice the money, <laughs> which is which is great advice. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, especially if you're going to any city, you can get whatever you need wherever yeah. you're at. And, uh, and it's funny, I, I, I never guess. sweat it out. I and mean, and people think, well, I need I need this outfit for this. Right. If you wear the same thing every few days, nobody knows. And nobody gotten, cares, and nothing, don't worry about it. And I don't started worry. to really enjoy the challenge of taking less, yeah. know, of, of, of packing. And, you know, and, yes, I would wash my socks and underwear in the sink and, you know, hanging up and all that. But, um, but you know, it also just was a flag. I was, like, <laughs> waving, my, <laughs> waving my underwear flag. Um, but, you know, already when I got back, I was imagining, okay, well, I probably could have gotten by with one less pair of shoes, and I probably, you know, I didn't wear this one thing. But there, there, was, a, there was a great satisfaction. <laughs> Such a silly thing, but I loved that everything I brought, I used. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And well, the, well, the one thing that uh, made it tougher for us, mm-hmm. and for you, you packed right. more because we... Uh, uh, went to Korea at the end, and that right. was freezing. Yeah, we we had, a- uh, and that was the only cold place I went. So I had, I had a light jacket for three months, and then you borrowed. I didn't need. I had three days in Seoul, and then yeah. I was like, "Give me everything you have." We, yeah, I think I'm- between that, we had, we in the morning when we were in Boracay until the evening we were in Seoul. I think we we dropped about sixty degrees Fahrenheit. Oh my god! And to go from Bali Literally. to that Bali, I was dying. I was sweating so hot. Yeah, and I, I needed nothing there. I needed yeah. a pair of uh, swim trunks. Yeah, no. In the morning, we were. I remember in the morning we were in flip flops and you know oh, a bathing suit. Soul at was night, so cold. I was, yeah, I had a parka and a wool hat. Oh god, <laughs> and the whole thing. I was like, okay, three days, I'll tough it out. But <laughs> any longer, I'm buying a parka. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the stores in our neighborhood were open until four a.m. So oh. you, could get, <laughs> you could get whatever you can. Ah, oh, they love to shop. Oh, I they loved love it. Them. But yeah, I. It does make me appreciate the country more, which mm-hmm. I think would help the discourse in this country a lot because people have no idea how things work around, around the world. how difficult it is if you don't Just do know simple the culture and don't know the language. You know, it made people, me a much better New York, it made me a much more friendly New Yorker to tourists, especially. Yeah, and, 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 and you should be that person who yeah. doesn't know the language somewhere. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden you're not making fun of this guy That's and right. his accent and who doesn't know how to get around. Okay, you, you get around. You right. do that. And uh, no, it's very good. It, it only brings... Understanding and it only brings appreciation of what like this, and how that, lucky and also how I've lucky said we are. one of the first things I do is like I drink out of a water fountain in a yeah. public place when I get here yeah because I didn't do that for three months <laughs> and and when you hear of like um, I don't know right wing talk of how they they want to get rid of the EPA yeah and things like this it's like I've been in these countries where there's no EPA where there's, too many, or there's too many regulations yeah or or, or just or the government when when they Control everything. You've got to bribe 800 people just to open a business. That's right. And you just go, no, it, it, you got it pretty good. Yeah. And, and, and be happy with that. And be, no, happy and be with grateful it. for things like building codes. And like, yes. Like, you, know what the, you, know, you, know what, oh. you know what a big government does? They inspect food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Health inspectors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. And they, when I was in Turkey, I got to Turkey, and there was a massive earthquake in mm-hmm. the eastern part. All right. Uh, while I was there. 
and half the city collapsed because right. their houses were made of clay and and they they realized that that after like fifteen years ago there was another earthquake and they made all these codes and basically the the local city officials ignored them and just took bribes to ignore them and so of course. The, uh, half the city was destroyed with an earthquake. But we're not if, saying don't go to Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> we're not saying don't But in, er, in an earthquake, that would, right. if it hit here, it would probably would have had little to no damage because right. we have codes for right. the – and the government does that. Right. And that's, you know, good thing. Yeah. That's and, an all right good but, thing. you know, there are, there are disadvantages as well. I mean, you know, I, I liked being able to – you know, I like being able to eat food that was cooked on the back on the bottom of a shopping cart. You know, in some places, you know, it's like there, there's, there's well, you a can do that here if you want. That's to, true. Yeah, you go downtown yeah, to the yeah. Staples Center, <laughs> right? But you know, there, there's you know there there there's some regulation. You know, I mean, it's like anything. There's a, there's a balance, but for the most part, I'm pretty pleased with yeah. <laughs> the regulations that we you know. Well, it's good to know we got it pretty good, wise. and that like 90 percent of the world can't afford a car. Yeah, much less a new one, yeah. and then you hear you know. The, Americans will have like two, three, four cars in a yeah. family, and they got a you know their car is three years old. I, I got to get a new one. It's like, oh my god, you have no idea what it's like out there. I mean, the thought of having a car to most people around the world is is crazy. It's crazy, and so we do have it really well, and I appreciate it, and so it grounds me. Mm-hmm. And just no matter what happens here, I always appreciate what I have and. Uh, Travel has given me that. And, Absolutely. And I've made some of the best friends I've had around the world. Um, and it just made me, I think, a a better person for it. It makes I, you more interesting, you know? Well, thank you. And you really need it. Finally. Right? Jesus. No, no kidding. <laughs> You'll find a lot of people and audience members who agree. <laughs> Go back to Russia. <laughs> Get a new story, for, for Christ's sake. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up. All right. Thank you for being, I guess, in the 50th episode. Thank you, Mike. Congrats. Look forward to more.